1: Do you love it loud? Then plan to attend the Nashville Rock and Pod Expo, one-day event celebrating all things rock and roll. Over twenty rock podcasts from all over North America recording on site. Panel discussions with producers that have worked with Ozzy, Slayer, Kiss, Y&T, Seven Dust, Dokken, and more. Celebrity signings and meet and greets with current and former members of Cinderella, Winger, Toratora, Tora, Collected Soul, Taiketto, The Monkees, with more to be announced. All that and record dealers slinging some sweet vinyl. The Nashville Rock and Pod Expo takes place Saturday, August 26th, at the Music Valley Event Center. More information available at PodExpo.com, as well as on Facebook. The Nashville Rock and Pod Expo. Feast your ears.
2: Hey, it's Mark Striegel. Welcome to another edition of Talking Metal. We have some great guests today. Frankie Benelli from Quiet Riot, legendary drummer. We also have Chad Stewart and Ace Von Johnson from Faster Pussycat. And joining me as my co-host today and the star of today's show, literally, because you did all the interviews, Emily Striegel. How are you?
3: I don't think star would be the right word, but I definitely did the interviews.
2: Yes, you did. I, w- I would say so. I mean, I, I haven't heard the Frankie one yet, but I heard the, the Faster Pussycat one. I, I think I was, no offense to the guys, but I think I was more entertained by by your antics. Well, than that I, interview.
3: I don't really know what you're talking about there, but all I can say is I adore those guys. I love the Faster Pussycat boys, and I missed them last time they were in New York City because I was sick. Remember I had that horrible... Yeah, right
2: before M3. Yep.
3: Yeah, and... Um, and then I was better by M three, but M three was just such chaos. I barely got to catch up with them, so it was so nice to hang out with them, and I was really happy to see them.
2: Yeah, very cool. And where did you see them at? I didn't.
3: Gold Sounds. Gold Sounds. Yeah. I so it's in Bushwick, Bushwick, in Brooklyn. Bushwick. Yeah, it's in Brooklyn. It's a cool venue. It was like the second or third time I've been there, and it's you know on the small side, but it's in an area of Brooklyn that's kind of uh, becoming like the hip place to go.
2: Right on. So we recently, last less than a week ago, we saw Iron Maiden's final night of the Book of Souls tour. What a great night that was out in Brooklyn, New York. We're headed back there tomorrow night for Queen. I wanted to give a special shout-out to my old friend who I ran into there, Danny Lavecchia, a great drummer of a great old-school commercial metal band named Zon, and also Jerry. We finally met Jerry from Long Island <gasps> Hi, in person. Hi, Hi, Jerry!
3: Jerry got his patches. I've got my patch he like right me, here.
2: He bought me an IPA beer. He gave both Emily and I these cool official Iron Maiden Book of Soul patches, which were awesome. Thank you for those, Jerry. Thanks, Jerry. And Jerry, you know, brought up a good point, which I've heard a couple times through through the last year. A few people, more than a couple times, a few people have mentioned that it'd be cool that if we started having younger bands on, like you know. I'm not talking, you know, eighteen-year-olds. I'm talking emotionless and why, you know, even in this moment, who are younger than me, you know, and uh, we had. But
3: you used to have in this moment on here all the time. Yeah,
2: he Jerry mentioned uh, Bullet for My Valentine, I think. Who we used to we used to have them on. We had them on numerous times. Yeah, and I guess I'm I'm just putting a survey out there. I did this on Facebook today. I've kind of, in the last two to three years, kind of made the choice to steer this podcast. Remember, we're 12 years in now, guys. To steer this podcast, to just do the people from my youth for the most part, or at least people who are associated. I mean, Faster Pussycat, not from my youth, but that's a band from my youth, uh, or my younger days, at least, and Emily's younger days. Uh, So I, I kind of made a choice to just stick with the classic Hard rock, commercial hard rock, and heavy metal music, but I'm open for it because you know we had Trivium on like a year ago, and it did gangbusters. It was so so well received um, that it was it was great to to reach some younger ears. So I don't know. I'm, I'm wondering what you guys think. You can hook hook, uh, hook up with me on Facebook, send me a comment, and let me know if you want to hear younger bands. Um, you know, you can hit me up on Twitter at at talkingmetal and or even an email which is a mark at talkingmetal.com cool let me know what you think let me know who you want to hear specifically on this podcast i want to know who you want me to interview i'd love to hear your suggestions cool and anyways two great interviews today let's get into some brand new quiet riot they are back they have a brand new singer a guy who was on the podcast recent not probably less than a year ago and he's Cell phone cut out. <laughs> it was kind of an awkward interview, and that's how the uh, the interview ended. His his name is James Durbin, right, Emily? James Durbin. He was from American right. Idol. He's the guy who jammed with Halford and and Zach on, on American Idol back probably at this point, four or five years ago, um, or more. Who knows? Time's going by so fast. So he's the new singer. Great voice on this guy. He's the new singer of Quiet Riot. They've obviously been through a lot of singers since Kevin Dubrow, even since the documentary that they put out a few years ago which is a great watch uh, called Now You're Here and There's No Way Back definitely check that out Frankie's wife Regina was um, I believe the director or producer of that and she's she's great and do you know Emily I recently did a promo you know I'm a promo producer in, in, in real life and I did a promo for the movie Hook do you remember that movie Emily Hook it had,
3: had totally yeah, Robin young, Williams yeah
2: young G- Gwyneth Paltrow was even in it one of her first movies uh and Regina, Frankie's wife, is in that movie.
3: Does she have a role or is she just yes, an she's extra? she's a mermaid. Oh, she's a mermaid. She doesn't say
2: anything. But <laughs> I was on the IMDb thing uh, because I was trying, we were trying to figure out who was in the movie and how we could write a promo about people in the movie. And I was going through every name of everyone in there. Sure enough, it's oh, it the same one who produced... The great That's crazy. Uh, documentary. now you're here and there's no way back.
3: Which is so good. We had so much fun watching that.
2: Yeah. So she obviously started as an actress and uh, and yeah, you can see her in Hook as a mermaid. She's one of the mermaids, I think that possibly kisses Robin Williams while he's submerged underwater. I think there's two or three mermaids that swim up to him, and, and he's, she's one of them. So on that note, let's get into some brand new Quiet Riot. This is a sound sample of Freak Flag off the, the new record. I encourage all you guys to go download this legally. It's currently on iTunes. This is a good song. And the thing I like about James's voice is he's not a Kevin Dubrow clone. You know, he's he's a very different sounding voice for the band. I think he does a great job and love the mask reference in this song. And they're really embracing what Quiet Riot is sound-wise, imagery-wise. And, uh, you know, and they're not put in a Kevin Dubrow clone in, in the in the in the position that the great Kevin Dubrow once was in. I think that's a good choice. Yeah, but
3: he has to have the range. Yeah. I mean, that's the big thing, and he does, you know.
2: He has absolutely insane range. Yeah. This guy, I mean, I, I put him up there with, you know, I, we used to watch American Idol, and I, I never liked many of the singers. The two guys I liked were James Durbin and Adam Lambert. I know. And, Do you
3: remember I won an American Idol pool? I won five hundred bucks. I remember bucks that. Yeah. Because so Holy you ha- shit, we had yeah, to we had to put that. our names in, um, like after the second episode or something, and after the second episode, I knew Adam Lambert was going to win, yeah. and I was like the only. So I won the entire. Did he? he came did? in second. Oh, he did
2: second. I think he came in second. Yeah. Did Adam he? Adam Lambert came in second. I think to some crazy country dude.
3: Oh really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah go America. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> I think, although maybe I'm really? confusing it. Yeah, wait. I don't no, think we James
3: need to 30. go. I'm going to Google this right now okay. because how would Do I have it. won the pool? Because I definitely put him first. Maybe I, I got the other people right.
2: I don't know. But on that note, this is "Freak Flag" by Quiet Riot. Frankie Benelli on drums. Alex Grassi on guitar. Chuck Wright, who's been a longtime member of, of Quiet Riot, even played on some of the songs on Metal Health. It had Rudy Sarzo's picture on it, but I believe two of the songs, this uh, this guy plays bass on Chuck Wright. And um, who'd I miss? Frankie, Chuck, James, Alex. Yeah, Quiet Riot here on Talking Metal, followed by Emily Striegel's interview with Frankie.
3: Metal listeners, this is Emily Striegel coming at you today, and I have on the phone with me Mr. Frankie Benali from Quiet Riot. How are you doing, Frankie?
4: I'm doing great, Emily. Thank you for taking the time to, uh, to speak with me today.
3: Awesome. I've really been looking forward to speaking with you about what's going on with Quiet Riot, specifically your upcoming release. The new album, Road Rage, coming out August 4th. I know all of our listeners are really looking forward to this. And uh, what can you tell us about the new album, the vibe, and what, what can we expect?
4: Um, I'm really, really excited about this record. This will be the first, um, the first official Choir Ride release that we're uh, doing via Frontier's record since the 2006 um, release of um, Rehab, which we did with... Um, Vocalist, the late great Mr. Kevin Dubrow, and um, it's uh, it's very much a choir ride record. Um, I think there are tracks on it. You know, we didn't we didn't go out to try to write a particular type of record or try to write a record that was a a uh, a copy uh, or or heavily influenced by any of the records we've done in the past. But you know, once I notice, uh, once we finished writing the songs, uh, songs like Freak Flag and Wasted <clears throat> are very much in tune with, with I think, what with, with the fans expect of the older Quiet um, Riot sound or influence. Uh, but then you have things like uh, Roll This Joint and uh, Can't Get Enough, Get Away, Still Wild, which are very, very different from uh, from some of the things we've done in the past. And that is in tune with choir, what Quiet Riot has always done. You know, we've always made records, um, and especially after, after the success of Metal Health and Condition Critical and q Three, we always uh, continue to make music um, just so that we would continue to evolve musically. And, uh, and this is no different in that regard.
3: Very cool. So this features James Durbin on vocals. And a lot of people probably remember him as kind of the metal guy from American Idol back in the day. So I'm really interested to hear how you connected with James and how that's going.
4: Well, it's interesting because when I first did the deal with Frontiers uh last year, um my first choice uh to, to come into Quiet Riot was uh James. And at the time James had just finished um signing a contract to do a residency in Las Vegas, which was open-ended. Um, and I needed somebody to do, uh, the record, but also to perform live. So at that, at that point in time, he wasn't available. And, uh, and my second choice unbeknownst to me until I called him, uh, uh could do the record, but had decided that he didn't want to tour anymore. He just wanted to stay in LA. So that option uh, didn't work out. And I went with a third option, which ultimately didn't work. Um, but coincidentally, um, all of this happened at the time when James uh, became available again. Uh, so I sent him um, one of the, one of the tracks, uh, just the music to see what he could come up with. And he turned it around in one day. I wow. mean, he's really, really, he's really on top of it and really prolific. And he turned it around in one day with brand new uh, lyrics uh, and complete new melodies. And I said to myself, okay, yeah. this is going to work out great for the record. But um, what the, the main reason I wanted to work with James, is uh, you know I really didn't watch the American Idol uh, franchise, but I did watch him on it because he was the so-called metal guy. Exactly, and he did such a yeah he did such a phenomenal job with Judas Priest and then with Zach Wild uh, that I kept him in mind. I said to myself, you know, I I think, uh, I think this guy is going to do really really well. And what impressed me about him was his vocal range, uh, which is similar to Kevin's. You know, Kevin had an incredible vocal range, all the highs, all the lows. uh, And James has that quality about him. But at the same time, I didn't want a Kevin clone. So while he can sing the old catalog, he brings a lot of himself into it. And and for me, that's a win-win.
3: That is. That's exactly what I was going to say, is that it's refreshing that he has the range, which is rare, as we all know, but he isn't a clone. Mm-hmm. He is not a clone. And, and I appreciate that is, I mean, sometimes some of these bands, it works, right? I've seen a few bands with new singers and it's like, wow, that person, that person, that person really, know really, the old singer, but you don't always want to see that. In this case, it's not, you know, he's definitely not a clone. So I'm I'm really interested to see um, here, you know, what he sounds like. Sounds like it was kind of perfect, yeah, you know- perfect storm.
4: Yeah. I, you know, I, initially I went, uh, I went, uh, that route, um, with a series of singers, um, after, after Kevin Dubrow's passing and, and ultimately it just was never really, um, the right fit and never really worked. Um, so I think this is the best of both worlds where the fans can get, um, a very, very great version of the old material, um, yet have something fresh to listen to. And, uh, and it's been a lot of fun. We're booked all the way right now. Um, and into February of next year and uh, it's everything at, at this point in time everything is great.
3: I saw that. I saw you tweeted. I follow you on Twitter. I uh, and I saw you tweeted <laughs> out you've been tweeting out those dates and I'm looking for a New York date. I don't see one yet on there, but it seems like the dates Not- are cut the dates are spread out. You're going to be adding more as we go, right?
4: Yeah, we continue to add. As a matter of fact, um, in between in between interviews today, uh, I'm in touch with my agent, and I just finished accepting another date. So uh, it continues. You know, I've managed the band since 1993, so I see all aspects of it. I see it from from the creative artist side of it, but I also see it from uh, from the business side of it. And you know, there 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 is a business element to to music. I mean, that's why they call it music business, and I pay attention to both.
3: Absolutely, and I got a little taste of that. Uh, Mark and I watched your documentary. Now you're here, and there's no way back. We wa- God, it's been at least a year. I mean, that's that documentary's been out for a while.
4: Um, it's been out two years now.
3: Yeah, we, it seems like we watched it about a year ago, and it was really interesting to see that side of of you. You know, I don't think I was aware that you were, you know, you're you are in the music biz. You're not just a musician. You do the other side of it as well. So, what are the challenges that come along with that?
4: you know, I don't play video games. I, I never did. Um, I, I never had any interest in it. Um, I don't party, you know, I mean, I, I enjoy having a cocktail, but, uh, but I'm not, you know, the crazy guy that I was in the eighties. Uh, and, uh, I am very focused and I'm very dedicated to, to choir riot. And I'm very dedicated to the fans of choir riot. So I just try to do the best I possibly can for, for all the guys in the band, uh, but also for all the fans. And, and that means, you know, more often than not getting up at six, six o'clock in the morning because my agent is on the East Coast. So that's nine o'clock, you know, his time. (laughs) And, uh, and yeah, my business day starts at six o'clock in the morning and often doesn't end until one or 2 AM. That's just when I'm at home. And, uh, and it's a 24 hour, uh, labor of love when I'm on the road.
3: And so that kind of, so you have an amazing work ethic and the fact that James Durbin showed you, he has a work ethic. The fact that he turned around that stuff so quickly for you shows you guys would probably work well together.
4: And he's a funny guy too. That's that's the other thing about it. It's uh is you know, you saw the documentary and, yeah. and uh a big component of Quiet Riot. Um, besides music, was comedy. You know, Kevin and I were were a comedic team uh, uh, to reckon with, and uh, and James has brought some of that um, back into the band. I mean, he's got the same energy level that Kevin has or yeah. had rather, um, and uh, but he's younger, so he brings he brings uh, a refreshing younger element into into the old guys.
3: Absolutely, it will be interesting to see if he brings new listeners to Quiet Riot, right? Because uh- American Idol is an entity all of you know I'm not like I watched a couple seasons back in the way back in the day I don't I don't think it's on anymore I don't even know if it's still running but they have their own fan base so it'll be interesting to go to some of these quiet riot shows and see are there some younger kids there you know.
4: Yeah, well, it's great because he does have he does have a very big fan base, um, which is which is something I appreciate. And he still continues to do you know solo things on his own um, outside of Quiet Riot when it doesn't interfere with the Quiet Riot schedule, which is something else I also endorse because everybody in the band has other outside interests, and as long as they continue to keep. Choir Ride as the priority. Uh, I'm all for everybody doing uh, whatever it is that they want to do that makes them happy, uh, makes them creative, and uh, and adds to their uh, flow of income.
3: Nice. That's really cool of you. And so, the, as I said before, the the new album, Road Rage, comes out August 4th. Everything's wrapped up. But how, I'm, I'm curious as to how the writing process worked. I mean, because James probably wasn't involved from the beginning. You guys have probably been writing this for a really long time.
4: Well, Even before, um, even before we got the, uh, the deal with Frontiers, um, I, you know, continue to write music. I write with Neil Citron, who's my writing partner, and he's also, um, a Grammy Award, uh, winning engineer, and he has engineered, uh, he engineered the 2006 Rehab record with Kevin. He engineered my solo, um, record, and he's engineered this particular record. But we had already been writing even before, um, I signed the deal with Frontier. So most of the songs on this record um, are written by myself and Neil. The music yep. uh, was written by myself and Neil. And then Alex wrote hundred uh, percent of the music to one of the songs. And Chuck uh, was a co-writer on one of the songs with myself and Neil. So what I did is uh, I sent James um, all the original music uh, with nothing else on it, just music. And uh, initially just gave him a foundation and a blank canvas to write, um, lyrics, uh, all new original lyrics and melodies, which, which he did, uh, in rare form and, and, you know, rather quickly. So we were able to, to take those and, uh, and put them into our mixes and do the final mixes. And I, like I said, I could not be happier with the end result of, uh, of road rage. And he really stepped up to the plate. Um, as did Alex, Alex Grossi, uh, he has played some of the best and some of the most diverse guitar playing that I've ever seen him do because I threw him a lot of musical. Uh, curves uh, that he had to that were out of his comfort zone Uh, and he really stepped up to the plate and did that and then Chuck Wright's an amazing bass player I've been playing with Chuck on and off since uh, 1981 I think Um, and he's just a ridiculously talented bass player, he's been, as you saw in the film he's been in and out of the band more times than I can count, but I'm just really happy that he's been with us since 2004 um, and uh, an incredible bass player uh, and uh, an incredible uh, performer are live as well. Well,
3: really excited to uh, hear the new music from you guys and to to hopefully see you guys live. If you get some dates, at some more dates, I saw one in Pennsylvania. I'll go to PA for you guys. It's been a while. Last well, time I, yeah.
4: if, if you if you find a date that you want to uh, come to, you and your friends will be my guests.
3: Awesome! I love that. Okay, I'm definitely taking up on that now.
4: <laughs> okay. Um,
3: uh, so I read. A, I, I have to ask you a question about a headline. I read that caught my eye recently about over the mountain Ozzy Osbourne Mm -hmm. okay our dog's name is Ozzy if that gives you any idea of my (laughs) (laughs) love, he's he's laying right next to me right now Um, so I I love the story and I know you probably are getting tired of telling it already because you probably told it to a number of people at this point but our listeners need to hear this if they hadn't haven't heard it about uh, Randy and I kind of want to hear the whole spiel do you mind sharing it with us again
4: No, I don't mind at all. And, and, and again, there's, there's, you know, some, some, um, some of the so-called, um, fans out there are making it a much, a much bigger story or controversy than it really is. Um, the bottom line of the situation was that when Randy left Quiet Ride in 1979 to go play with Ozzy, um Ozzy was trying to put a band together <clears throat> excuse me out here in LA and so I got a call from Randy I was living in my apartment in West Hollywood and I got a call from Randy and he said Frankie you want to you want to go play with Ozzy and I said the guy from Black Sabbath and he goes yeah and I said um sure <laughs> so we got together and he, I mean you know, you know well, what else was I doing <laughs> that week <laughs> so uh so went down to this rehearsal studio Mars rehearsal studio and uh, and we rehearsed for about a week um and oddly enough the bass player involved in the situation who was the one who, who got Randy in touch or got Ozzy in touch with Randy, uh, was Dana strum, uh, later from slaughter. So we did about a week's worth of rehearsals and it was great. And a lot of the, the riffs, um, that Randy was bringing into the situation. I think some of, some of them were new things. Some of them were parts of Quiet Riot songs, uh, and some were parts of Quiet Riot songs that were never used. Um, and, you know, I'm a huge John Bonham fan, and one of my favorite, you know, um, things to play is is what I call, you know, the typical John Bonham triplet, which I was putting into every song I possibly could at the time. Yeah. Uh, and, and we worked on on one of the songs, which eventually, Uh, became that song. Um, and, uh, and I, I did the triplet there. I mean, I think that Dana, you know, obviously Randy's gone. Um, I don't know where Ozzy stands on this uh, to date. Um, but you know, I think Dana would probably be able to verify this, um, But as it turned out, um, they could only take one person over to England. They decided to record in England instead of L.A. And the choices obviously took Randy and the rest is history. Yeah. Um, And uh, and Bob Daisley plays uh, an intro that's very similar. It's not the same as what I play, but it's very similar and it's still based on a triplet. And I know that Lee is also a John Bonham fan. So, you know, I know that Ozzy had uh, a little ghetto blaster cassette tape recorder and he was recording everything we were doing. Um, How it ended up, how it ended up up that we both were playing um similar triplet patterns and it ended up on the record uh you know who knows uh, i'm not going to deny the fact that i that i did it and i played it exactly uh and and my motivation is nothing other than than historic and to set the record straight because i'm more well known for the intro to metal health the intro to come on feel the noise and the drum intro to the wild and the young. Yeah. So I really don't make, you know, don't have to make claims to something that happened, you know, almost 40 years ago exactly. uh, to make it's... myself more, more well-known and, and famous. So there's no controversy. I mean, you know, yeah. uh, Lee Kerslake has his opinion and I love Lee Kerslake. I think he's a great bass player and a, and a great lyricist. And I know Lee and Lee is an incredible drummer. And uh, I was a big Uriah Heap fan. So, and we know each other. So there's really no controversy. There's there's uh, there's nothing but just setting the record straight.
3: Exactly, and it's just a good story. And I I I glom on to any time I hear a, a Randy Rhodes story. I mean, I think all of us just we had so su- such little time with him. You know that like any story from back in the day that he's involved in, I'm always just like, oh, tell it again, tell it again. I want to hear. I mean, but you don't Which- have. Yeah, go ahead.
4: It, well it's funny because you know he was he was this tiny little guy, the greatest guitarist as far as I'm concerned of of our generation, one of the sweetest guys on the planet, but he had a much lower voice than than when when uh <laughs> when you look at him, what you would expect. So when he called me up that morning, uh, Frankie
5: <laughs> Randy, <laughs> you
4: know, it was uh it was like that. He was, um, he was one of the greatest human beings on the planet, one yeah. of the greatest human beings on the planet, and gone way, way too soon. Who knows what he, have, uh, what he would have accomplished. You know, A lot of people don't know that the Choir Riot song Thunderbird was not written about Randy dying. Kevin wrote that song about Randy leaving uh, Choir Riot, and Randy was scheduled to come in and play guitar on Thunderbird. It wasn't wow. until after Randy, yeah, it wasn't the, uh, until after Randy passed away that Kevin uh, rewrote the last verse to reflect that, uh, and uh, and that's how that song came about. But a lot of people don't know that he oh, was going to come in and play on Thunderbird.
3: That's an amazing story. I had no clue. And I, I mean, did Kevin talk about his departure from Quiet Riot much? I mean, I've always kind of wondered if that was. I, I haven't read much about. I mean, maybe it's maybe there's information out there about his feelings about when he did leave
4: well you know um randy recommended me to kevin um, when uh, when he left to go play with Ozzy after after he heard me play um, that you know that week's worth of rehearsals he you know he called Kevin Kevin told me that Randy called him up and he goes you got to get you got to get you know Frankie to play drums he's got that that big sound is how he put it to Kevin and Kevin related it to me and also Rudy Sarzo told Kevin uh, when he was leaving to go also play with Ozzy uh, to get me because uh, Rudy and I have been best friends since 1972 so we had 10 years of play Together on and off before we recorded the mental health record. But Kevin's feelings on it, you know, he was initially hurt and disappointed uh, because he and Randy were best friends and were really, really close. He was, he was. Randy's biggest fan, without a doubt, hands down, Kevin Dubrow was Randy's biggest fan. So you can imagine, you know, the, the sense of not betrayal, but the sense of loss, but that was balanced by the fact that, that Kevin also understood that Randy was so great that that version of quiet ride after releasing two records only in Japan, that did absolutely nothing that Randy needed to move on. And Randy needed to find the fame and success that, that he, you know, so richly deserved, which he did, uh, albeit very, you know, for a very brief period of time. So, you know, ran, uh, Kevin had those those mixed emotions of, you know, disappointment and sadness that that he lost, you know, a guitarist and his best friend to Ozzy Osbourne. But at the same time, excited and proud of uh, of what he had accomplished.
3: That's awesome. I love I love hearing that. You do you have to you have to root for your friends. You know, if you know that they have yeah. a, a, a path that they're on, and that's. The path for them, even if it's, you know, not your ideal situation, you have to root for them. So good. Good for Kevin for that.
4: Yeah. And the amazing thing is that, that you know, after after Randy left to go play with Ozzy, Quiet um, Ride ceased to exist for a couple of years. And, and the band um, evolved around Dubrow. You know, the band was called Dubro, which I played in uh, from almost its inception after Randy left and after Rudy left. But we were doing, we were doing a show um, at the whiskey and Randy and, uh, and Rudy were on break from Ozzy and they both came up on stage and we did, uh, and we did two songs with them. So
3: amazing. Good stories, man. So when you, when you do come out East, I'm definitely going to take you up on that. Mark and I will come check out a show. We'll bring our friends we're really excited. Again, to all of our Talking Metal listeners, make sure you pick up Road Rage. It's out on August 4th. Where can everyone pick it up?
4: Um, they, can, uh, they can order it. Uh, direct, there's a lot of portals. They can uh, order it directly from Frontiers. They can get it on Amazon. And uh, I will continue to do uh, email blasts and uh, promoting it on my Facebook page and Twitter. So it'll be very easy for you to find it.
3: Awesome. I see you're pretty active on Twitter. i got to find you on Facebook as well. But thanks, for, thanks so much for your time today, Frankie. It was a blast talking with you. Looking forward to uh, seeing you hopefully this uh, fall or this summer. And um, thanks for coming on Talking Metal.
4: Emily, thank you so much for taking the time and the support. I appreciate it. And uh, give my love to Mark. And I uh, said the invitation stands. So you find, uh, you find we're playing somewhere, hunt me down, and you guys are on the list.
3: <laughs> Will do. Thanks, Frankie.
5: Shot
2: critical. that was condition critical a song that we played on the podcast actually i take that back it wasn't a podcast on the live radio show now frankie benelli had called into the live radio show that john and i used to do and then we would basically record that show and cut it up as a podcast this is many many years ago six seven years ago when that was happening and it was great we had a manhattan studio where we did it sometimes people would come down to the studio it was so awesome um we've we've fallen far since those days but anyways frankie called up and we had a a male function that night where we didn't record the interview so very few people heard this amazing interview he gave john and i like a 40 minute interview where he talked about randy and i know you got to talk him got him talking about a lot of that stuff too emily but um, uh, we we sent the hard drive out to some talking metal fan in Arizona who worked on restoring hard drives for the CIA, and he he couldn't even get I it back. Even remember that? Yeah, he couldn't even get it back, and and he was like, "Should I send the hard drive back to Bionic, the the studio where we recorded?" And I just said, "No, keep it." Uh, what a mess! But I'm so glad we finally, thanks to you, Emily got a new uh, interview with Frankie Benelli, his second time on Talking Metal, his first time that more than 30 people are hearing the interview. I know,
3: but what a great guy, though, seriously. I had so much fun talking to him, and we're definitely going to hook up with him when he comes into town. And how fun to hear the randy stories yeah. i mean i just i can't get enough of it you w- know? one
2: of our early dates uh but long before we were married was choir riot November, uh, september 11th 2002 one day one year after the attacks emily and i saw bb kings them at bb kings I that remember. was with kind of what i'd call the classic lineup of carlos rudy kevin and uh and frankie of course that was a great night though um good memories of that night condition critical the song we heard coming out of the interview I know Frankie likes that because when we had him on the, the what was the live show, the lost interview, if you will, we played that coming into the song, and I remember or into the interview, and I remember how psyched he was because he told me he loves that, and that drum part kicking into Condition Critical is absolutely insane. A true legend, Frankie Benelli, here on Talking Metal. Guys, um, support Talking Metal by using our Amazon links or PayPal donations. Those are coming in. I just had some vinyl sent to me, which I'm going to address uh, by a Talking Metal listener, which I'm going to address in the very next episode of Talking Metal, where I play down your phone calls. Leave me a message today. This is this is a last call on voicemail messages because the next episode will have them. 973-757-1917 is the number to call. That's nine seven three. Seven five seven one nine one seven. Wanted to mention every Friday on TalkingMetal.com we have good new music. As you know, when I was a kid, when Emily was a kid, the new music came out on Tuesdays. Now it comes out on Fridays. If you've happened to been asleep for the last fifteen years, um, it comes out on Fridays now, guys. And every Friday morning, go to TalkingMetal.com and we tell you, you know. There's hundreds of releases that come out every day. We tell you what the good ones are that you should listen to. Uh, Victor, Ruiz, and Joe Beck, of course, help me out with that. Sometimes I do it myself. Sometimes those guys do it, and we, sometimes we all team up and put it up together. Good new music every Friday on TalkingMetal.com. Uh, on that note, let's get into a little faster Pussycat. This is Bathroom Wall, followed by your interview conducted when?
3: Two nights ago. Two nights ago
2: from the time we're recording it. So that was like 20... 26th. 26th? No, it was twenty-fifth, 25th. July 25th, 2017 in New York City in the outer borough of Brooklyn. Here is a little Faster Pussycat bathroom wall, classic stuff here, followed by Emily's interview with Chad and Ace from Faster Pussycat. They don't necessarily play on this song, Bathroom Wall, but they are a big part of the band nowadays and, uh, part of the, the, the legacy for sure of, of fast the pussy get. So here we go.
3: Emily Striegel from Talking Metal coming at you from Gold Sounds in Brooklyn, New York City. And I'm sitting on the tour bus here with the boys from Faster Pussycat. I've got Chad Stewart and Ace Von Johnson. How are you guys doing today? We're all
6: right. How are you?
3: Awesome, because I'm going to see you guys play in about how many minutes here?
1: Yeah, long enough.
3: <laughs> Just getting revved up. How are you, Ace?
1: I'm still breathing.
3: How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Last time I saw you guys was at M3. And man, that show? that was an interesting show. And I I got to catch Why, up with what Ace. Happened?
1: What <laughs> happened there?
5: <laughs>
3: if if I can remind you guys what happened, um, Tammy fell ill basically the day of the show. Day
6: before, yeah, day before he fell ill with uh, what we thought was pneumonia. Now, uh, no, it was something a bit more serious. But he's on the mend, and he's back with us. So we made it through the show. We had some special guests at M three. Yeah. Came out, helped out, and uh, you know now we're back out on tour.
3: You helped camera. out. I did. What? It out indeed. It was so fun to see you sing a few. St- you sang a couple songs, uh, right? Didn't you I, kick everything off?
6: I did indeed. Sing a couple songs. What did you sing? Uh, we did "Slip the Tongue" and "Cat House," and uh, maybe I think I did one more. But then we had all our special guests. We had Jason McMaster's from Dangerous Toys and Cher from Vixen, and my good buddy Ted Poley came out. And to help us close everything out. And, uh, you know, it was a good time.
3: Yeah, it was so awesome. I know I already talked about this. So, people who heard my interview with Ace at M3 already heard me gush about the fact that it was, like, so special to see everyone just well, come up. I'm glad up.
6: that's the way it came across. I'm glad that's how everybody thought about it because, you know, we don't cancel, clearly, no matter what. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, that's. The w- canceled show. Well, yeah, I mean, we, we, okay, let me rephrase that. We very rarely cancel. Um, and if we could, we were there, and if we could, I would, we would rather play than not, because we wanted to do something for the fans. So hopefully it turned out okay. I think it did.
3: So it was cool, as I said, to see you sing, you sing, you play drums. You have a side project that I didn't know about, that my husband, Mark, who runs the podcast, loves, motorchrist yep. Do you sing in this project? I what do. do you do?
6: I do. I play, sing, I play drums. We, it's, Motor Christ is a lot like Kiss. We all sing and play, lead, you know, it's we all we're all lead singers, we're all writers, so it's an equal band across the board. And so, yeah, I've got that, and then Ace and I just have joined the Reformed Throbs. Yes. Uh, so <laughs> that is also happening, sweetheart, and Danny, and Ace, and I. Uh, and we've got one show under our belt, and the next one coming shortly, the end of September, with Kicks in Denver. Oh, so that's cool. yeah, the Throbs and Kicks should be a fun show. Oh Wolf.
3: I saw kicks for the first time at M3, and I almost died. They were so good. Yeah, they're
6: good. They're really good friends of ours, so it just that all worked out good. Danny's from Maryland, so he's known them all his life. Oh, I didn't know so, that. Yeah, so,
3: yeah. Yeah, Dan, and Danny used to be a New Yorker. I was just talking to him inside for a little I, bit about... Thro-
6: that's where the throbs came from. Throbs so, good. But Sweetheart transplanted as well, so yeah. it just made things easier to keep kick it on the west coast now
3: exactly i was sad to miss out on that show but you got to play something east coast you have nothing planned yet i'm
6: sure we will we don't have a plan yet we're still uh maneuvering faster dates for the rest of the year we've got a lot of stuff coming up so
3: because you know throbs were they're kind of legendary you know in the rock circle here in new york here in new york yeah exactly Exactly. uh You you get a lot of people
6: out yeah 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 so we're gonna do something we want it to be special we don't want it just to be a thrown together thing so we're gonna take some time and promote it and make it the right thing Yeah, exactly.
3: Very cool. You're going to do it at Gold Sounds in Brooklyn? Uh, I don't know about that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the clubs in in Manhattan are few right now. They're just few and far between. It's really hard to find a rock club in in NYC nowadays.
6: So we're going to do our best. Maybe maybe we'll do a few. Maybe maybe we'll do a few shows. If if it's popular and people want to come out, it may be, you know, because Gold Sounds holds, what, not even 100 people? Yeah. So, yeah, it's small. So, you know, maybe we'll have to do, maybe we'll do multiple nights at different venues.
3: Yeah. What about writing anything new with the Throbs? Yep.
6: That's going to happen, too, isn't it? Oh, yeah. What's going on? Yes.
3: Yes. (laughs) I love.
1: uh, Yes. I don't know. You're asking the wrong guy. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, we'll do it. We'll We'll do some new music. Maybe have some gilby on it and yeah. all that
3: oh right Gilby played at the whiskey show right yes he did, yes, he did. what did he do he came out for a couple songs he
1: came up and he played uh, second guitar on a couple Ramones songs and uh, yeah
3: now who's he like close with in your crew everybody,
1: everybody. yeah everybody I mean he,
6: we, they everybody's they're all you know Tammy and Gilby have known each other for years Danny and Gilby have known each other from years from when they used to come out and play the scrap bar and stuff for Kill for Thrills and for uh, Candy Whatever back, in back, front. yeah, back in the day. Well, that's a very good question, Ace. Yeah,
3: <laughs> so, Chad, this is your first time on Talking Metal. Ace has been at least a couple of times at this point. Um, but we, so I've never had the chance to interview and, and ask you about kind of your roots and where you came from and like other bands you've played with. Okay. Now, you did, you played. Have you played with LA Guns and Enoughs Enough, yep. or just LA Guns? You played with Enoughs Enough. LA
6: Guns, Enoughs Enough, Bang Tango for a short bit. Pretty with Floyd for a very short bit. Oh my god. Uh, Gilby, I've played with for years. I'm still in yeah. and out with him. Uh, love hate. Uh, who oh else? God. Yeah, uh, yeah. Pretty much. Oh I r- I ran the gamut. <laughs> pretty much. He
0: was in Wasp for. A yeah,
6: I was in Wasp was for like. Were. Yeah, I was. Yes, I was. Oh, uh, that's so funny. I, wait, yeah. Oh,
3: I, I just on this show we're gonna have Frankie Benali. I told you, and he was in Wasp was too. So was we've got was two Wasp. Oh, I forgot he was. Yeah. I think I asked him about that.
6: And he was in Fast. Didn't he do? A, he did a song on the boat, didn't he? he sure did. Yep. Yep. Did Frank. he get up and do it? Yeah, he sure <laughs> he did. did Cathouse. He did Cat House, yeah. He's a good guy. Yeah, man. he's great.
3: And you guys have the, the common denominator of also, manage, you manage Faster Pussycat, and he manages Quiet Riot. Correct. So you're kind of type A personality too, huh? Yeah,
6: I suppose. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's why it's the drummers that are always the managers, because you've got kind of to be an octopus and have all your, all eight arms working at once.
6: Yeah, it's, it's a lot sometimes, yeah. but we, we make it go. We make it go.
3: That's cool. Uh, I know last time I talked to Ace, I asked a little bit about any writing stuff. I know you guys are sick of hearing this question about Faster Pussycat. I'll ask a different type of question. Appetite
1: appetite for hysteria? Appetite for hysteria. Chinese democracy mock two? Say that again. Chinese democracy mock two? <laughs> Chinese mock... Chinese, Chinese <laughs> a mockery. Yes.
3: Chinese Correct. a mockery. I, I
6: was going there. I was trying to figure that joke out. It was in there somewhere
3: are funny so here's a different type of question if you you guys have done some different type stuff you've done glammy stuff you've done kind of sleaze rock stuff you've even done you know some more like industrial type you had an album that was kind of industrial ish Ish -ish. what would you yeah I mean not ministry like industrial but it had
6: tinges of it yeah sure
3: if you were gonna change direction and do something different what would it be
6: well I think we have changed direction wouldn't you say ace
3: a, a, a
1: little bit. Yes, we have changed to one direction.
3: <laughs> mm, at mockery speed? At yes. mockery speed. <laughs>
1: yeah, at the, at, at the speed of 21 pilots. <laughs> <laughs> These jokes are for people under 25, just to clarify.
6: That would um, not be me. I think we've kind of gone back to everybody's roots and maybe also gone back a little bit before, even before the first Pussycat record to what... The, the music that Tammy dug um, that made him want to write those songs in the first place. So we've kind of taken a combination of what Danny grew up on and what Ace grew up on and what I grew up on and kind of got in room and flushed them
3: through the... And
6: what are some of his influences? Cooper. Alice Cooper, New York Dolls, Ramones, more n- modern probably... Turbo, There's definitely some Turbo Negro in there. Nice. Uh, T-Rex. There's a lot of... The Bowie. There's a lot of... Cool. A lot of elements. Um, and Gilby is producing... Um, so we've also had his influence in on this as well. And, yeah. you know, he's done a thousand things. So it's, it's kind of an amalgamation of all that together at this <laughs> point. Um, where we have left it sounds really good. We're all really happy with it. Yeah. Um, now that Gilby's involved, it's kind of taken on a, to- a whole new life. And now that he's feeling better, um, it, it, I kinda, I'm kind of glad that we've waited because he's starting to, you know, he's quit smoking and, and in like 2024 uh. <laughs> exactly it's huge. it's huge so yeah so it's I'm huge. glad we, I'm kind of glad we waited because um, I think it's going to make the world a difference
3: that's awesome that's good news when you're not on the road I heard through the grapevine that you know how to cook some shit
6: I do know how to cook some <laughs> shit
3: tell me a little bit about Sh- Chef Chad uh, well Chef Chad
6: isn't really a chef he's more of a mixologist. well I mean I do do that yeah I make drinks and I and come up with the recipes my best friend John Eric Hockey, uh has a chain of restaurants it's not really a chain it's three or four restaurants in LA called St. Felix there's a few locations of it in the powder room as well and I've helped with the menu there I we have the LA's uh, two years ago it was voted best Mer- uh, Bloody Mary in, in L.A. I came up with that.
3: Oh, um, I want to know. Oh, you can't tell your I secret. I cannot
6: tell my secret. But if oh. come there. You can have one. Okay. Like uh, we're actually getting ready to bottle the mix. So the mix will be available oh. uh, across awesome. the United States here shortly. So, yeah. So I do that. That's when I'm home, when I'm home, that's where I am.
3: How do you even get a distribution do- deal for something like that? It's a
6: lot of work, turns Fast. out.
3: I <laughs> But you got the management skills. Taking you got the skills. taking about
6: three years to get together. But we finally... <laughs> and a that's lot of really cool. a lot of cooks in the kitchen but we're we're working it out
3: i'm buying it. i'm buying it all cuz you know what i do this is disgusting i take v8 and i literally just pour vodka in it is that gross yeah
6: that's absolutely horrifying uh,
3: that's what i do that's actually uh,
6: that's actually how i came up with doing this in the first place i hate tomato juice but i love spicy stuff so it made no sense that i wouldn't like Bloody mary's except for the fact that i don't like the taste of tomato juice so is I it mix spicy uh, so one of them is, yeah.
3: Is it spicy? It is. One of them is, yes, ma'am. Okay, hey, spicy cheese sauce. I can't say that. Can you do spicy? Spicy what? Oh, never mind. You guys don't do the spicy talk. All right, never mind. Um, so do you have a special, like, when you do cook, though, do you have a specialty dish, or is it really just mixology That's uh, your thing.
6: No. I, I mean, I cook a lot of stuff. I don't know that there's any one thing, particular cuisine that I'm more apt at than another, but... Uh, yeah, kinda of dabble in everything.
3: Do you cook for the guys on the bus? I do. Actually you we've got
6: do? A, Oh we've got a whole set of stuff underneath no, that brand. Don't. Oh yeah, we do. Well
3: what do you we've make got, on the bus then?
6: Well it all depends. We've got crock pots and skillets and panini machines and Shit. we have a we have a grill underneath the bus. Are and you kidding me? Days off we are, you know, out in the backyard.
3: Oh, like charcoal grill? Oh yeah.
6: Out in the backyard making making <laughs> drinks and that
3: scares me though. Don't put right. that thing under the bus when it's still hot.
6: No, you don't do that. Have to be smarter than the charcoal, apparently.
3: Yeah, uh, seriously. All you need is like, I feel something hot, and uh, you got a fire under the bus. Yeah,
6: we're good. We're we're not. Yeah, exactly.
3: (laughs) All right. I'm excited for you guys. I know I don't want to take up too much of your time because you guys have a busy night ahead of you. But um, excited to hear you guys play tonight. Where are you off to next? Do you even know? Probably not. I
1: do. Uh,
6: I don't know.
3: Chad knows because he's the manager. We're in
6: for New York tomorrow. Up by Albany.
3: Nice. And how long does the tour go? Not short enough.
6: <laughs> <laughs> it goes through uh, mid-August, and then we go to the UK to do the Hard Rock Hell Festival with Love Hate, oh, nice. and we've got uh, five or six dates over there. And then we start a full European tour with Mr. Big and The Answer, uh, October twenty-six, and that goes through up to almost up to December.
3: Holy shit. So you guys, I haven't seen you guys do an EU, like a tour of Europe in a while. How long has it been?
6: Haven't. uh, One of this size we've never done. I mean, they they haven't done since back in the day. So,
3: yeah. That'll be fun, though. Are you excited about that, Ace?
1: Yes.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Okay.
3: All right. On that note... I hope you guys rock it tonight. Good Thanks. luck on the rest of your tour. Good luck Thank in you. Europe. And everyone, check out Faster Pussycat. Check out online. Um, where can they find tour dates? Where's the best place to find tour dates? Our Facebook page, uh, probably.
1: Uh, Facebook's good. Or there's a hosting site called bandsintown.com. So bandsintown.com slash Faster Pussycat. Or our Twitter, which is at Faster Pussycat. Or our uh, uh, Friendster account, which is always good, which is hashtag HTTP. No, I'm kidding. I was
5: like, That
3: was a joke for people people under the age of 25, you said?
5: Well, around
3: that age. Okay, thanks, guys. See you next time. Thanks for being on Talking Metal. Bye.
6: Bye.
2: heard was emily's interview that song right there the power and the glory hole emily thanks so much for doing this with us here on talking metal
3: i love it i love 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 it i'm glad you guys are um, digging it at least some of you i hope so yes leave absolutely. your messages just don't leave mean ones <laughs> no, yeah. leave the mean ones i like to hear the mean ones too
2: yeah which reminds me you leave comments in the section uh, in the comment section on talkingmetal.com for everything that we post we're posting if you
3: troll me i i won't delete it
2: okay there you go she's on twitter too at emily striegel um and again check the check the website and leave us a comment let us know what you thought of this emily uh, of let us know what you thought of this episode and emily's interview stylings also i do two other podcasts talking rock subscribe to it on itunes and Metal Raps. You can subscribe to both of those on iTunes, and please leave reviews for those two podcasts and this one on iTunes. That's going to do it for today's episode, guys. Emily, thanks so much.
3: Thank you.